The Legend of the Green Taken Fox A legend of the House of the Fox speaks of a warrior unmatched in his fierceness and finesse. A strange warrior was he too, for he dwelt not among those of his kind. As well was he different from his kin in his appearance, having fur whose color was as deep green as the moss that grows near waterfalls. Brandwin was what he was called, though never was he known to speak. A fell shot with a longbow of strange design was he, and he brandished a curved blade of sapphire metal, wrought with designs which looked as though they had sprung from heath and heather there on to the sword. These were crueler times, my queen. Thousands of summers before thought of the great treaty had ever awakened as possibility in the minds of this country's people. The storyteller continued after a brief pause to sip his frothy ale. The bloodlines of the elfum and human were not so mingled then, and in these years one family held power for a long, long while, the Archibasts. At the speaking of this moniker, several boos erupted lazily from the patrons who filled the cozy pub. The storyteller was nonplussed. Such a response was as expected as folks singing along to a familiar drinking song. At the time of this tale, one Duke Swart Archibast sat on the throne, and though he was part Elfham himself, loathed the Elfham kind. He espoused the superiority of human folk, and had assembled a loathsome court of miscreants who supported his ruinous ways. But overshadowing his loathing of the Elfham was his fervent, unquenchable hate of the fox people. Sharp, whispered curses issued from a small table of fox scouts who sat drinking Crandoon wine. One of them spat on the floor, displaying her disgust at the memory of this tyrant. Aye, said the storyteller, addressing the indignant fox. May Duke Swart rest in doom. The fox nodded and took a long sip of her dark blood-colored wine, placated by this anathema. The storyteller continued, To this day many a fox will assert that the original sundering of our peoples into near-constant war found its beginning in retaliation to the malice of the Archibast bloodline. A lover of the hunt, Archibast was known to ride far and wide across the land, Always in tow were his bloodthirsty hounds and bloodthirstier brothers, and they delighted to catch a poor fox and set the dogs to him. He commissioned his court engineer to create man-sized traps, which killed and maimed many a fox, beast, and man and child alike. But Archibast did not care, for he had not a speck of goodness in his callow heart. The fox people could take no more, and so their best and most cunning warriors set a plan into motion. Being masters of the wood, they one day tracked and shadowed Archibast's retinue as they set off on a hunt. The fastest among them was called Wind, and he played prey to those cruel hunters, leading them deep into the forest to awaiting ambush. But Archibast was no fool, and moments before the trap could be sprung, the duke sensed something was amiss. He called his men into a defensive circle, 
and then peered into the undergrowth with such hateful focus his vision nigh pierced it. Swiftly and without warning, he raised his great oaken crossbow and loosed a bolt, which sailed into the green to bury itself in the breast of Kyrie's, the brave leader of the fox warband. She fell back against a tree and spit a mouthful of blood onto the loamy earth. A fire burned in her orange-gold eyes, and she raised her proud head skyward and cried, the bastard Archibast shall not leave this wood with life yet left in him to battle my brethren. And with that, her fleet warband erupted from the undergrowth, weapons flashing. A rain of arrows spit fast and deadly from unseen assailants, and blood stained the leaves of what is now called the Bastard's End. The skirmish raged, both sides fighting with all they could muster. The foxes outnumbered Archibast and his men three to one, yet the humans' armor, mounts, and prowess gave them significant advantage. Soon the froth of battle had died down, and many a fox and man lay on the witnessing earth, wounded or expired. And yet Archibast sat tall on his terrible horse, Kunslot, he laughed spitefully at the figure which limped towards him, sword raised. Brave Kyrie's faced him, undaunted, though wounded mortally she was. Oh, good, guffawed Archibast. I always did fancy your pelt. I think I'll wear it on my belt. And he raised his terrible crossbow and let a bolt fly at Kyrie's, who flinched not for all fear had surrendered to her bravery as she faced certain death. But strange it was, for the arrow never met its mark. A bright green flash, swift and silent as a breeze passing through those emerald forest leaves, cleft the bolt in twain, so that it fell and clattered on the earth. Looking up from his foiled projectile, Archibast was shocked to regard the form of a powerful fox, his fur a resplendent green, which seemed to ripple with the life force of the forest itself. His clothes were fine to look upon, seeming to have been sown from the roots and tendrils of the kindly plants that abound. His eyes were bright like the sparkle of the sun off hoarfrost at winter's first dawning. His eyes were green and fierce, with a knowing that he was second to no hunter who would ever traverse those lands. Archibast was suddenly frightened, and he blinked, only to find the green fox had disappeared. He twisted round in his saddle crazily, trying to locate the mysterious rival, but to no avail. The verdant phantom had vanished. The forest grew silent, and the air felt heavy and choking. Then, the faintest whisper of wind sounded behind the duke in his left ear. Slowly, he turned his panic-stricken head and beheld the form of the green fox falling silently and gracefully above him, seeming to float downwards like a leaf carried on the wind. Once more did the duke see that brilliant green flash, and then he saw the forest and sky turning over and over as his head tumbled from his shoulders and hit the earth with a soft thump. 
The storyteller stomped his boot on the wooden floor of the old inn to accentuate the thump, and a cheer went up from the crowd who had gathered to enjoy the fine yarn this teller of tales was spinning. He leaned back in his chair, taking a moment to appreciate the rapt attention of his listeners. Then he turned his focus to Alyssa. "'I'm sure you're well aware of this, my queen,' he said, in a way not even slightly patronizing. "'But for the rest of ye, now you know the reason a green fox graces the heraldry which hangs in the great hall at Tashmir. Forever may our kingdom pay tribute to Brandwin, the green fox.' The queen grinned and called to the barkeep. "'Another round for our storyteller.' The patrons who had gathered round broke into a satisfied cheer. She had forgotten gems of her lord's tour such as this. If you like what you just heard, be sure to visit www.thegreen.country for more great content, including beautiful illustrations, detailed character descriptions, and much more. The Green Country is also on Patreon, where a small monthly pledge will give you access to extra content, like an illustrated PDF of the story you just heard. Whether you back this project financially or simply share it with a friend, you can help this vibrant land continue to grow. Once more, that's www.thegreen.country. Thanks for listening.